people welcome back to the second hour of love babs love talk on babs rose ivy i'm delighted because i get to talk to my soror reverend odell montgomery cooper and her peoples natasha webster and melanie lee because on september 30th they are having an event an interactive roundtable healing experience and it is um it is all about um talking about generational a healing for generational trauma and, uh, and she has been um, a champion of this for quite some time. And so I'm delighted to have this conversation with her today. So we can talk a little bit about what uh, generational trauma is and what folks can expect when they show up on September 30th, when they register to show up on September 30th um, to, 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 to participate in this roundtable. Hey, Odell. Good morning, how are you? It is lovely to see you again. I saw you yesterday. It was very nice to see you in the space. Oh, it's good to be back in that space and to be out with people and music and, and networking and seeing folks who have made it in a celebration of life. Yes, yes, that's yes, that's important. So yes. tell me about this event coming up. Tell me what you're working on. So as you know, my story, the book, you were at the book launch, you are in the book, uh, Interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a part of this journey since I've been in this state and part of my healing journey. So interruptions is the healing journey is about the book and the workbook. We've been able to create a workbook and we've been doing training um, throughout the city, throughout the state, helping people to identify mental health behaviors that we have in our everyday life that we overlook and we misdiagnose that's not helping us to heal based on our culture, our age, our zip code, our faith. So what we're going to do, um, Natasha and, and Melanie are two of my facilitators. What we're going to do is give you a taste of what the Let's Talk program is about. So instead of having a lecture and conversations, you're going to experience it. We're going to talk about interruptions because it's not just on gun violence, it's any interruptions that people go through in their life. We're going to talk about what trauma looks like, the behaviors of trauma, how they show up, and most importantly, resilience and emotional wellness, because we want people to be able to know how to take care of themselves. And even though we're providers for others, helping others to heal, we still have to take care of ourselves. I like that. All right, so Natasha and Melanie, jump in here and tell me. I can't what hear what... you. Can you hear me now? Uh-oh. Can you hear me, Natasha? I can hear you clear. Loud and Melanie, you can hear me. So why don't y'all talk about, 
why don't y'all talk about what facilitation okay. will look like? Can you hear Reverend Odell? No? Now you're muted. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Natasha. All right, let me fix me. Yes. So I her work on her. Um, she kind of went over a gist of what we plan on doing. Um, it's like giving you a taste of what the actual training is like. We'll focus primarily on discovering what interruptions are because a lot of people may not understand everything that happens in life could be considered an interruption, whether it be the death of a loved one, a marriage, or anything significant in your life that happens and how you react to it is an interruption. But we'll go through what an interruption is. We'll go through and explain trauma and intergenerational trauma, and most importantly, resilience. How once you go through that interruption, how you survive on the other end is important. So we'll kind of go through what you need to do to maintain and survive and be successful after you go through an interruption. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Melanie, you want to piggyback on that? I think that a lot and good morning and good thank morning. you for this time. Thank you so much. I think most of what has been said is pretty clear. I think the only thing I would add is that we are working on developing safe spaces within our communities to discuss and address emotional wellness. There comes a time when we're afraid to talk about some of the things that go on because we're afraid of the stigmas that are attached to it. So part of what is happening with this program is to encourage community-minded members to step out on faith and have these discussions thoughtfully and intentionally without fear of being judged or taking things to a level that might make things uncomfortable for those. We want to inspire personal and social enrichment. We want to promote an inclusive environment. We want to foster um, an awareness of identity and um, resiliency as, as Natasha mentioned. So this is a real community strengthening opportunity for everyone that will be involved. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about general generational trauma, what 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 do what do you define that as? Explain that to me. I define generational trauma as words and behaviors that we were taught from our elders, from our church, from our community, our zip code, our peers that we continue to pass down that are not helping people to heal. Men don't talk uh, about what's going on in their life. If you're a strong black woman, you're not supposed to cry, keep things to yourself. If you're a person in your faith, then have more faith. Um, trust God, God's gonna get you through it. And black people don't take the pill and we don't take medicine. We don't see doctors. We don't talk to counselors and not to cry when you lose a loved one. So these stigmas that we're passing down, that we continue to pass down and not understand why we do it, are crippling all of us at various ages, zip codes, educations, and we're not allowing ourselves to properly heal. Mm -hmm. So that's what we talk about generational trauma. I also have to announce that we're also partnering with CTVIP because when they, with Connecticut Violence Intervention Program, 
So when they go out into the streets and they're trying to demyth all the, 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 the fighting that's going on and trying to control the gang fightings and backlashes that goes on, we forget about the parents and we forget about the siblings, the friends who have to go to school the next day because their friend was shot. So generational trauma. So we're partnering together to let Connecticut know that these are resources and tools that they have available in their community. Mm. So are people surprised when they when they understand what generational trauma is? Because I, I know how we do in our community. And all the things that you listed are the very things that I have heard throughout and through in my lifetime, maybe not directly, but indirectly. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know anybody who has not had some experience of those very kinds of, you know, men don't cry and you're a strong black woman and, and all those kinds of tropes that sort of keep us imprisoned in, in, in pain. Yes, and that's what we're going to talk about. These behaviors, they show up. You know, um, I remember growing up, I had an aunt that we called Moody. You know, my uh, the elders would say, oh, she's Moody. Well, she had depression and she passed this depression on to her kids. And now that we're in a different age, they can be diagnosed and they've been diagnosed with having depression. We don't know that certain mental health issues are hereditary. I didn't know that my brain aneurysm was hereditary until after the fact. So we don't share with our kids. Uh, we, we hide medicines that we take. We don't share our health records with our children. We don't know what we're passing on. And then language and behaviors. So it's showing no blame anywhere, but we really want to make sure that we provide support and help to our community. Because Babs, as you know, we're coming from the faith community. Pastors have said, I'm almost overwhelmed. I need some help. Yes. Yes. And I, I don't think we talk about that part enough either, that that somehow or other ministers and folks of faith have to be this unending wealth of support and, <laughs> and giving and just full all the time. And I'm like, well, who, who ministers to them? Like, where do they go and find safe space to sort of say, you know what, I'm overwhelmed and I'm, and I'm not doing well, you know, that kind of thing. So most pastors have asked for this program. We've launched it at Natasha's church. Melanie's teaching it. We've had book talks. We've been to First Cathedral. I'm now teaching it at Christian Tabernacle with Pastor King um, because your pastor is not your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're your spiritual leader. They're not your doctor. And if something is biologically going on with you, your pastor can't see it, nor can he heal it. And we have to give ourselves permission to go get help and not wait for our pastor to tell us that it's okay. And I think one of the biggest things is, oh, you have to just pray, just pray and put it in God's hands and then do nothing else around that, right? Like, and it's hard to move people off that because what you're, what you're, what you're, I get the sense Odell that you're not saying don't pray and don't put it in God's hands, but there are other things that you can do to, to help and yes. to, Yes. I'm saying pray and. 
um, pray and see a doctor, pray and take the medication if you need to, pray and take the tests, pray and, because you were in the ER, you were in the room when the doctor came out and said, stop praying for her. Um, she's not going to make it. And you're like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> but you know, I don't care what you all say. You're like, go, go, leave, go. But inside, I had to fight. I was bargaining with God that I wanted to live. So I had to release the trauma and the pain that I refused to let go of because I felt that if I kept it, then I would stay closer to my loved one that had passed. And it wasn't true. It was a burden that I should not have to carry and I needed to let it go. And if I, if people want to live, we don't have to suffer. We don't have to carry that pain of trauma because it's too heavy to carry. Mm. So Natasha and Melanie, when you, when you do these facilitations, what, what often comes up for people? Um, I think the primary thing people discuss a lot is grief. Um, I think we don't know how to properly go through grieving. Um, I think society tells us, like Reverend O said, that when you grieve, you learn not to cry. And I think even in the book, she discusses how she was telling her daughter not to cry, be strong. But we have to learn, you have to grieve properly. And there's no time constraint on how long it takes to grieve. So once we got that in place, I think people can feel more comfortable. It may take one person a few months. Some people may take years, but there's no time constraint on how long it takes you to grieve. You do what makes you feel good. You do what makes you feel comfortable. And there's no specific thing you have to focus on. So I think even for myself, um, I've lost a few people during the pandemic and also some friends this year. And reading the book and going through this training, I learned how to grieve properly. I learned also how to have better relationships while people are here. You become more in tune with your relationships and you focus on what's important. So I think overall, it's just made me a better person. And I think people, once they go through the training, they learn how to adapt to interruptions and things that they go through in a better state. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on that, I guess I can add that some of the things that I've, I've picked up are understanding your place in life. I think part of one of the things that stands out for many of the participants is looking at an interruption, looking at your birth as an interruption, as mentioned in the early parts of, of uh, Reverend Odell's book. Um, one of the things that a lot of people tend to gravitate to is the discussion of where they fall in their families and how that impacts their relationships as well. So we deal with understanding that interruptions may be a good thing and also may be a bad thing, depending on which side of the fence you're on. In addition, it becomes important to listen to the voices of the men. The father in the opening part of the, of the book as well is almost silent. He has a presence, but he's, he's, he's not really there 
uh, vocally. So you also learn to start listening to men and listening to what they have to say and why they're not saying more and why they're not saying why they're there, but not uh, given the platform necessary to communicate their feelings. So you deal with that and, and you deal with, you know, your, your identity and, and everything. And it just comes all together uh, you know, as we get further into discussions, it becomes extremely helpful in understanding, you know, where you are in the grand scope of, of life. Hmm. So talk to me a little bit about um, working with younger people, not just adults, but um, trauma in families often uh, around children and what we keep from children, what children experience, what they have to figure out, what they have to piece together, what maybe happens to them. Do, do you do some of that facilitating work around having families understand that children are a part of this too? Some of the discussions, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do. When we did the training in Hartford, we had a young person who said, I wanna be trained as a facilitator. And she's 22. She says, I want to be able to do a training for young people because I know what we're going through and what we don't talk about. And she has children. And what we forget is vicarious trauma. You know, people, our kids feel our pain. They feel the, the, the hurt and the feel the tears and they can't express what they're feeling. As I openly talk about in the book is, I'm living with my daughter and I didn't see her coming home every day and didn't see her, didn't see my granddaughter, stop spending that quality time with her, but it didn't prevent her from feeling the trauma that we were going through. And she goes to school and she's acting out. She's angry and she's acting out and the teachers are like, come get your child. You know, she's, this is not the, the Maya that we know. She's misbehaving. She was traumatized. She was vicariously feeling what we were feeling, but didn't have the language to talk about it. So we have to be able to, we, we talk about behaviors and we think we're shutting it from our kids, but they're seeing it on television, on YouTube, all these places. And there are things that we say as adults around kids that we should not be having those conversations. You're muted. Yikes, I didn't even know I was muted. So how are you, how are you, uh, do you have a specific facilitation for young people um, and, and a training for young people so that they can in turn maybe do peer-to-peer -peer facilitation of these kinds of things? Yes, this training is designed for anyone we looked at from 18 years of age and older um, because it's generational. So what they're experiencing, they're watching their, their elders, their parents, their siblings go through, their friends go through, what they're going through, their children. And how do you identify it? And how do you break through these myths? And how do you, again, like Melanie said, have this safe space to talk about it? So yes, um, this is what we're doing. This is why we wanted to partner with CTVIP. And we have young facilitators that are on the interruption team. 
because you know we're I'm 60 so I see things differently than what she sees <laughs> so and when we've had these training these train these questions have come up and you know one young man said please tell the story he said I had to bury we buried my friend on a Saturday and I had to go to school on Monday and I failed the test and people and my teachers thinking, what's the matter? You didn't study. And he says he didn't know what his body was going through, how angry he was. And nobody stopped to talk to him about what happened to you. Not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you. And it's the language that we cannot forget our young people. We cannot expect them to bury a friend, lose a mother, lose a loved one, and then return to life on Monday and everything be okay. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of us have done that. So, so this brings me to, to ask the question, do you bring this to the school system? Do you bring this to teachers and paraprofessionals around so that they, so that they have some awareness about, you know, when they start that class on Monday, maybe some of these kids have gone through something over the weekend uh, that they are not, able to deal with or have not been able to process yet and your answer your question is yes they've been invited to come out to to this event so i'm hoping that they do um i've been trying to network because as you know this is not the space that i've ever been in i've been (laughs) you know this is not my profession so people don't know me to be in this space and to talk about let's talk and interruption. So I'm going out and introducing myself in this program and sharing, but that's why we wanted to have next, this Friday, not next Friday, this Friday. Yes. That's why we wanted to have this Friday so that people can come out and experience it and understand it and ask questions and figure out how do we partner with you? How do we get this into the schools, into our churches, into our communities, into the Boys and Girls Club? How do I you know, train my facilitators on how to do this. Mm. So, so when people go through this facilitation, what happens? Like what happens after they've, after, after they've come to like September 30th, what, what, what are, what are they to leave with? What are, what is the takeaway? The takeaway is I'll let my, I'll let Natasha and Melanie talk about that because they've experienced it. Well, for me, I guess I, I guess what I can say is one of the takeaways would be to share the message, to get, you know, to to develop an environment where you encourage people to participate in further discussions, that you gather your resources and that you become more aware and you start paying attention to what is happening in your churches, in your schools, in your communities, understanding that young people as well as seasoned people have, de- have issues with trauma, have issues with many different things that happen in their lives, whether it be losing a loved one, losing a pet, losing a job, something happens to that person that impacts the community. And so it becomes extremely important to allow them to participate in them again. And we have, we have uh, an extended um, uh, workshop program that is available once we 
said, I guess once, I guess once it's over and I, you know, Natasha can speak more to it, but we, you know, we have an extended program that allows us to come dig, digging deeper into some of the issues that are raised, um, that come up. Where do you find yourself right now in your community? Do you feel like you're making a contribution? How can you make a contribution? Do you want to do this work? Do you want to contribute? Do you want to take on another um, modality? Is a ton of things that could happen. So that's part of what is, is going on. Mm. And to piggyback on what Melanie said, another major thing we want people to do is to look for symptoms of trauma. I think a lot of times we're, we're around people, we're not paying attention to them. There are signs that people have, especially when it comes to suicide. A lot of people commit suicide and the signs are there, but people aren't paying attention. So we want them to understand when people are traumatized or going through certain issues in life, these are what you need to be looking for in those people and understanding when people need to get help. Um, a lot of people deal with pain and silence and letting them know it's okay to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. Whenever you go for therapy and you let people know there's something going on with me, it's okay. That's a sign of strength. You're saying that I understand that I have something going on within myself and I'm strong enough to say I need help. So we try to empower them to understand you can get help. There's people out there who are willing to help you and you don't have to suffer in silence. And the other thing that Melanie also mentioned is an extended training. We want people to get a taste of what these things are, but if you are really interested, there's extended training that can help you understand trauma. It's to understand emotional wellness, grief, and also the different processes you go through as you go through grief. It's not a one-step process. So with the additional training, people understand there's a cycle you go through. It's not a beginning, an end, it's an actual cycle. Mm. So Adele, talk to mm -hmm. me about how did you create this? Who do you, who do you, do you talk to the professionals that are, that do grief work? Um, do you talk to psychologists, psychiatrists? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you build this? How did I build this? It's been a blessing and a grace from God. Um, Reverend Streets found me and he says, how can I help you? Alice Forrester with Clifford Beers said, how can I help you? After the production launched four years ago, a Dr. Stephen Southwick called me and said, I saw your production. How can I help you? I didn't know who he was. And come to find out after I Googled him that he was the he was the Albert Einstein of PTSD in the country. And he coached me every month for a year and before he passed a couple of months ago. And he says, what I want you to concentrate on is resiliency. He said, you missed it. He says, people are resilient and they don't know that they are. So what are they going to get when they come on Friday? We're going to talk about emotional wellness and resiliency. So no, this is not a space that I know about. So I've had to ask for help. And they read the workbook. They've corrected my language. They checked the box. They've made the changes. 
Um, Reverend Street said, nope, let me work with you a little bit more. This is not clear. Alice said, nah, take that out. You don't need that. That's too much. Um, and, and Dr. Southwick was add this whole section in on resilience. So they've come to me, they've helped me. And I've even reached out to Dr. Bellamy. Um, she's local. I've, I'm introducing myself to people who have PhDs in this field, credentials in this field, and to say, I'm new to this field. I'm doing this from a peer-to-peer -peer perspective, not a clinical perspective. I'm talking to everyday people, everyday language about emotional wellness, resiliency that we can use in our everyday language and behaviors. Mm, I like that because I, I you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a good friend and Sora of uh, Dr. Misa Akbar, whose uh, commitment to urban trauma and what that does to our communities, not dissimilar from what you were doing. Um, she helped us with the play. She helped me with language for the play. So she was on board. She was like, how can I help you? So yes, Good. she was there also. So, so, so it seems like we are blanketing our community uh, with opportunities for wellness and resiliency, which is a good thing. So, so you're doing this event on September 30th at Bloom yes. on Edgewood Avenue, which I'm excited about. Yes, because if you've never been to Bloom, the wellness, the emotional wellness, the healing is just looming as soon as you walk through the door. So I partnered with uh, Alicia and we're having it there because where else can we help you to feel good about your day after we talk about trauma? Yes, I think that's a good idea. And so so the day starts at what, 11 or what 11, time is this? 11.30 to 12 is registration and lunch. We want to get that out of the way. And then at 12 o'clock, people will break up into small groups. There'll be in either Melanie's group, Natasha's group. We have another one, Pastor Gill, and our young facilitator, Shana. She is going to be in the room so that based on your age and conversations, this is how we have it broken up. And we'll just have conversations we're talking about the book and the workbook so that you experience it and you feel it. And you, if you can walk, and they will, they will walk away and say, I learned something, I felt something. And if they can, if they stay, be true to us, be true to themselves, in three hours, they're going to say, I got it. Yes. I understand why the Let's Talk program is here and what they're trying to do. So, so do you have a, uh, so after the September 30th event, is there another event? Like if people miss this, where else can they get it? Well, they can find us on, they, if they miss this, they can find it online. We're going to start doing online classes. We're going back to virtual classes. We're doing some in-person classes. So we're hoping to get new clients so they know that we're here and they can sign up for additional classes on the website. Right, tell people how to find you. What's what's the uh the my website, website or... is revodellresilience.com. <laughs> I, I actually like that a lot. <laughs> Rev Rev Odell O D E L L Resilience Resilience Resilience.com. Resilience. .com. Okay, so people can get more information. So if they miss they miss Saturday. Friday. And, and I mean, if they miss Friday, um, that they'll have opportunity to find out how to get in touch again. 
Yes, and I'm on and Instagram, social Facebook. media, LinkedIn, Facebook. We are all over. <laughs> oh, that's good. Are that's you good. coming, Babs? You know you got a special seat. No, I, I cannot come because um, okay. I've got another commitment, but I'm there in spirit because I know that this is going to be good for the community. And I think whoever walks through those doors will walk away with uh, armed with some good information and some tools. Yes, tools. Not just information, but tools to manage their everyday practical lives, which I think is way important. So, so thank you, Reverend thank you. Odell. Thank it's lovely you so to see much. you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Melanie. Thank and, you. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how it goes. I want to hear uh, how it goes. I'll call you after. Talk to you Saturday. Are you going to the football game? I don't. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. Because you know, what? I'm in a law class, so it might take a little. Okay. So, you know, I got a lot of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? But I'll keep yes. yes. Thank y'all for coming on this morning. Thank I really you. appreciate this. So um, y'all make sure you go to their website, to their Facebook pages and, uh, and make your way to uh, September 30th to uh, Bloom to participate in this wonderful Thank you. Uh, opportunity to grow. Everybody to register. So we have a head count. Yes, register, register. So thank y'all. Y'all enjoy hey, the rest you. of your day. And thank you for starting off my Monday so good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right, take good care. Harry, play us out. Thank you so much. I'll be back tomorrow, y'all. Mm-hmm.